0: Hello friends welcome to book reading challenge day 3 i'm Vivek Kumar signing in friends this book reading challenge is like a marathon and let's start today's marathon with james clear atomic habits and today we'll be talking about how your habits shape your identity and vice versa why is it so easy to repeat bad habits and so hard to form good ones few things can have a more powerful impact on your life than improving your daily habits and it it is likely that this time next year you will be doing the same thing rather than something better it often feels difficult to keep good habits going for more than a few days even with sincere efforts and occasional burst of motivations habits like exercise meditation journaling Uh, journaling and cooking are reasonable for a day or two and then become a hassle. However, once your habits are established, they seem to stick around forever, especially the unwanted ones. Despite our best intentions, unhealthy habits like eating junk food, watching too much television, procrastinating and smoking can feel impossible to break. Changing our habits is challenging for two reasons. First, we try to change the wrong thing and second, we try to change our habits in the wrong way. In this chapter, I'll address the first point. In in the chapter that follows, I will answer the second one. Our first mistake is that we try to change the wrong thing. We understand what I mean. Consider that there are three levels at which changes can occur. You can imagine that them like the layers of an onion. The first layer is changing your outcomes. This level is concerned with changing your results, losing weight, publishing a book, winning a championship. Most of the goals you set are associated with this level of change. The second layer is changing your process. This level is concerned with changing your habits and systems. Implementing a new routine at the gym Decollating your desk for better workflow Developing a meditation practice Most of the habits you build are associated with this level The third and deepest layer is changing your identity This level is concerned with changing your beliefs, your worldwide, world your view, your self-image, your judgment and yourself and others Most of the beliefs, assumptions and basics you hold are associated with this level outcomes are about what you get processes are about what you do identity is about what you believe when it comes to building habits that last when it comes to building a system one percent improvement the problem is not that one level is better or worse than another all levels of change are useful in their own way the problem is the direction of change Many people begin the process of changing their habits by focusing on what they want to achieve. This leads us to outcome-based habits. The alternative is to build identity-based habits. With this approach, we start by focusing on who we wish to become. Now, we'll have outcome-based habits and identity-based habits. Imagine two people resisting a cigarette when offered a smoke. The first person says, no thanks, I'm trying to quit. It sounds like a reasonable response, but this person still believes they are a smoker who is trying to be something else. They are hoping their behavior will change while carrying around the same belief. The second person declines by saying, no thanks, I'm not a smoker. It's a small difference, but this statement signals a shift in the identity. Smoking was part of their former life not the current one, they no longer identify as someone who smokes. Most people don't even consider identity change when they set out to improve. They just think, I want to be skinny and if I stick to the this that, then I'll be skinny. That is the process. They set goals and determine the action they should take to achieve those goals without considering the beliefs that drives their action. They never see the way they look at themselves and they don't realize that their old identity can sabotage their new plans for change. Behind every system of action are a system of beliefs. The system of a, of a democracy is founded on beliefs like freedom, majority rule and social equality. The system of dictatorship has a very different set of beliefs like absolute authority, and strict obedience. You can imagine many ways to try to get more people to vote in a democracy, but such behavior change would never get off the ground in a dictatorship. That's not the identity of the system. Voting is a behavior that is impossible under a certain set of beliefs. A similar pattern exists whether you are discussing individuals, organizations, or societies. There are a set of beliefs and assumptions that shape the system as identity behind the habits. Behavior that is incongruent with the self will not last. You may want more money, but if your identity is someone who consumes rather than creates, then you will continue to uh, to be pulled towards spending rather than earning. You may want better health, but if you continue to prioritize comfort over accomplishments, you'll be drawn to relax rather than training. It's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that lead to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are. The story of Brain Clark, an entrepreneur from Boulder, Colorado, provides a good example. For as long as I can remember, I have chewed my fingernails. Clark told me It started as a nervous habit when I was young and then morphed into an undesirable grooming ritual. One day I resolved to stop shaving my nails until they grew out a bit. The mindful willpower alone I managed to do it. Then Clark did something surprising. I asked my wife to settle my first over uh, ever manicure. He said, my thought was that if I started paying to maintain my nails, I wouldn't chew them and it worked, but not for the monetary reason. What happened was, the manicure made my fingers look really nice for the first time. The manicurist even said that other than the chewing, I had really healthy, attractive nails. Suddenly, I was proud of my fingernails and even though that's something I had never aspired to, It made all the difference. I have never chewed my nails since. Not even a single close call. And it's because I now take pride in properly caring for them. The ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when a habit becomes part of your identity. It's one thing to say I am the type of person who wants this. If something very different to say I am the type of person who is this. The more pride you have in a particular aspect of your identity, the more motivated you will be to maintain the habits associated with it. If you are proud of how your hair looks, you will develop all sorts of habits to care for and maintain it. If you are proud of the size of your biceps, you will make sure you never skip an underbody workout. If you are proud of the scarves you knit, you will be more likely to spend hours knitting each week. Once your pride gets involved, you will fight tooth and nail to maintain your habits. True behavior change is identity change. You might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you will stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity. Anyone can convince themselves to visit the gym or eat healthy one uh, once or twice but if you don't shift the belief behind the behavior then it is hard to stick with long-term changes improvements are only temporary until they become part of your of who you are the goal is not to read a book the goal is to become a reader the goal is not to run a marathon the goal is to become a runner the goal is not to learn an instrument the goal is to become a musician your behavior are usually a reflection Of your identity. What you do is an indication of the type of person you believe that you are either consciously or non-consciously. Research has shown that once a person believes in a particular aspect of their identity they are more likely to act in alignment with the belief. For example people who are identified as being a voter were more likely to vote than those who simply claimed voting. Was an action just they claim that voting was an action they wanted to perform. Similarly, the person who incorporates exercise into their identity doesn't have to convince themselves to train. Doing the right thing is easy. After all, when, you, when your behavior and your identity are fully aligned, you are no longer pursuing behavior change. You are simply acting like the type of person you already believe yourself to be. Like all aspects of habit formation, this too is a double-edged sword. When working for an identity change, can be a powerful force for self-improvement. When working against you, the identity change can be a curse. Once you have a, you have adopted an identity, it can be easy to let your allegiance to it impact your ability to change. Many people walk through life in a cognitive slumber blindly following the norms attached to their identity. I'm terrible with directions. I'm not a morning person. I'm bad at remembering people's names. I'm always late. I'm not good with technology. I'm horrible at math and a thousand of other variations. When you have repeated a story to yourself for years, it is easy to slide into these mental groups and accept them as facts. In time, you begin to resist certain actions because that's not who I am. There is internal pressure to maintain your self-image and behave in a way that is consistent with your beliefs. You find whatever way you can avoid contracting yourself. The more deeply a thought of action or action is tied to your identity, the more difficult it is to change it. It can feel comfortable to believe what your culture believes like group identity or to do what unfolds your self-image, that is your personal identity. Even if it's wrong, the biggest barrier to positive change at any level, individual, team, society, is identity conflict. Good habits can make rational sense, but if they conflict with your identity, you will fail to put them into action. On any day, you may struggle with your habit because you are too busy or too tired, or too overwhelmed, or hundreds of other reasons. Over the long run, however, the real reason you fail to stick with habits is that your self-image gets in the way. This is why you can't get too, too you know, you, you can't get too attached to one version of your identity. Progress requires unlearning. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. This brings up to an important question. If your beliefs and worldview uh, world play such an important role in your behavior, where do, you, where do they come from in the first place? How exactly is your identity formed? And how can you emphasize new aspects of your identity that serves you and gradually erase the peace that hinders you? The two-step process to change your identity. Your identity emerges out of your habits. You are not born with pre-set beliefs. Every belief, including those about yourself, is learned and con- conditioned through experience. More precisely, your habits are how you embody your identity. When you make your bed each day, you you embody the identity of an organized person. When you write each day, you embody the identity of a creative person. When you train each day, you embody the identity of an athletic person now the more you repeat a behavior the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior in fact the word identity was originally derived from the latin words essentials which means being being and identitem, which means repeatedly your identity is literally your repeated beginnings your repeated Beingness. Whatever your identity is right now, you only believe it because you have proof of it. If you go to church every Sunday for 20 years, you have evidence that you are religious. If you study biology for one hour every night, you have evidence that you are studious. If you go to the gym even when it's snowing, you have evidence that you are committed to fitness. The most evidence you have for a belief, the more strongly you will believe it. For most of my early life, I didn't consider myself a writer. If you were to ask any of my high school teachers or college professors, they would tell you I was an average writer at best, certainly not a standout. When I began my writing career, I published a new article every Monday and Thursday for the first few years. As the evidence grew, so did my identity as a writer. I didn't start out as a writer. I became one through my habits. Of course, your habits are not the only actions that influence your identity. But by virtue of their frequency, they are usually the most important ones. Each experience in life modifies your self-image. But it's unlikely you'd consider yourself a social player because you kicked a ball once or an artist because you scribbled a picture. As you repeat these actions, however, the evidence accumulates and your self-image begins to change. The effect of one of experiences tends to fade away while the effect of habits gets reinforced with time, which means your habits contribute most of the evidence that saves your identity. In this way, the process of building habits is actually the process of becoming yourself. This is gradually evolution, evolution, evolution. We do not change. By snapping our fingers and deciding to do something entirely new, which is bit by bit, day by day, habit by habit, we are continually undergoing misrevolutions of the self. Each habit is like a suggestion hey, maybe this is who I am. If you wish a book, if you finish a book, then perhaps you are the type of person who likes reading. If you go to the gym, then perhaps you are the type of person who likes exercises. If you part, if you practice playing a guitar, perhaps you are a person. You are the type of person who likes music. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. This is one person why meaningful changes does not require radical change. Small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful, it actually is big. That's the paradox of making small improvements. Putting this all together, you can see that habits are the path to changing your identity. The most practical way to change who you are is to change what you do. Each time you write a page, you are a writer. Each time you practice the violin, you are a musician. Each time you start a workout, you are an athlete. Each time you encourage your employees, you are a leader. Each habit not only gets results, but also teaches you something far more important to trust yourself, to start to believe you can actually accomplish these things. When the votes mount up and the evidence begins to change, the story you tell yourself begins to change as well. Of course, it works the opposite way. It works the opposite way too. Every time you choose to perform a bad habit, it's a vote for that identity. The good news is that you don't need to be perfect in any election there are going to be votes for both the sides you don't need a unanimous vote to win an election you just need a majority it doesn't matter if you cast a few votes for a bad behavior or an unproductive habit your goal is simply to win the majority of the time new identities require a new evidence if you keep casting the same votes you are always you are, you have always cast you are going to get the same results you have always had if nothing changes nothing is going to change it is a simple two-step process decide the type of person you want to be prove it to yourself with small wins first decide who you want to be this holds at any level as an individual as a team as a community as a nation what do you want to stand for what are your principles and values who do you wish to become these are big questions and many people aren't sure where to begin but they do know what kind of results they want. To get six packs, abs, or to feel less anxious, or to double their salary, that's fine. Start there and walk background backward from the results you want to the type of person who could get those results. Ask yourself, who is the type of person that could get the outcome I want? Who is the type of person that uh, that could lose forty pounds? Who is the type of person that could learn a new language? Who is the type of person that could run a successful startup? For example, who is the type of person who could write a book? It's probably someone who is consistent and reliable. Now your focus shifts from writing a book that is the outcome based to being the type of person who is consistent and reliable that is identity based. This process can lead to beliefs like I'm the kind of teacher who stands up for her students. I'm the kind of doctor who gives each patient the time and empathy they need. I'm the kind of manager who advocates for her employees. Once you have a handle on, on the type of person you want to be, you can begin talking some steps, taking some steps to reinforce your desired identity. I have a friend who lost over 100 pounds by asking herself, what would a healthy person do all day long? She would use this question as a guide. Who does healthy person? Walk or take a cab. Would a healthy person order a burrito or a salad? She figured it. Uh, if she acted like a healthy person, person long enough, eventually she would become that person. She was right. The concept concept of identity-based habit is our first introduction to another key theme in this book: feedback loops. Your habits shape your identity and your identity shape your habits. It's a two-way street. The formation of all habits is a feedback loop, a concept we will explore in depth in the next chapter. But it's important to let your values, principles and identity drive the loop rather than you know the loop rather than your results. The focus should always be on becoming that type of person not getting a particular outcome. The real reason habit matters. Identity change is the north star of habit change. The reminder of this book will provide you with a step-by-step instructions on how to build better habits in yourself, your family, your team, your company, and anywhere else you But the true question is, are you becoming the type of person you want to become? The first step is not what or how, but who. You need to know who you want to be. Otherwise, your quest for change is like a boat without a rudder. And that's why we are starting here. You have the power to change your beliefs about yourself. Your identity is not set in stone. You have a choice in every moment. You can choose the identity you want to reinforce today with the habits you choose today. And brings us, and this brings us to the deeper purpose of this book and the real reason habits matter building better habits isn't about listen it's it, 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 it about littering your day with life hacks it's not about flossing one tooth each night or taking a cold shower each morning and wearing the same outfit each day it's not about achieving external measures of success like earning more money losing weight or reducing stress habits can help you achieve all these things but fundamentally they are not about having something. They are about becoming someone. Ultimately, your habits matter because they help you become the type of person you wish to be. They are the channel through which you develop your deepest beliefs about yourself. Quite literally, you become your habits. Now, the chapter summary. There are three levels of change. Outcome change, process change and identity change. The most effective way to change your habit is to focus not on what you want to achieve, but on who you wish to become. Your identity emerges out of your habits. Every action is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. The real reason habits matter is not because they can get you better results, although they can do that, but because they can change your beliefs about yourself so thank you for listening friends now it's vivek kumar signing off for today and hope to meet you tomorrow once again thank you very much